Hello, friends, and welcome to the most glorious of events, the Movie Mavericks Podcast. This outstanding program is hosted by two fine gentlemen, Jason and Trevor. Now make it so. MovieMavericks.com Hey, now everybody, welcome to episode 377 of the Movie Mavericks Podcast. I'm Trevor Anderson, sending you over to Jason Rugard. He's got a rundown for us. On tonight's episode, we will be discussing seven new films that we have seen. May not be new to you, but they are new to us. As well as trailers, teasers for Avatar, She-Hulk, the latest from Adam Sandler, and what else do we see in there? I don't know. There's one I feel like I'm missing in there. I don't know. I didn't watch the Adam Sandler one, so you'll have to tell me about it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) This man did not do his homework, but at least he did it up front. Yeah, will do. Will do. Uh, first, let's get to a little movie news. Uh, I want to talk to you about the happenings on the Fast and Furious Ten set. Are you uh, following? As what's long going as we're on? not talking about the happening, um, yeah, let's, let's do it. Uh, I don't. Well, know. who is it? Charlize Theron's coming back? Isn't that the news? Uh, well, no. I mean, Jason Momoa is there. Brie Larson. They've got. I mean, they got a whole slew of Charlize cast is coming members. Back. I think she is coming back, Helen Mirren. I think everybody is slated to come back. Everybody's coming back. You know, there's not enough movie for everyone to come back. That's what the. That's why these movies have to be 145 minutes long uh, at the at the very least to give everybody at least a couple minutes of screen time. It's almost like uh, this is Ocean's Eleven pulled out to the max degree. Wouldn't you agree at this point? I mean, this was kind of like the stunt casting and getting all those. I don't know what the point of this is anymore. I'm totally lost on the storyline. I no longer care about any of these people. And I just I don't know what's going on anymore. Like the, I feel like this, these are movies now. I could skip several in the franchise, and still and wind up still. It's like a soap opera. Just nothing happens. It's almost like a horror franchise in the eighties. You know, like a Friday yeah, the like you know what's going to happen. You know what's going on. You know, I know the characters enough at this point. They're not going to progress enough in in these movies to make a difference for the next couple movies, right? Or it's certainly nothing that I can't figure out if I skipped a movie. <laughs> Right, yeah, there's nothing that's integral per episode. It's just the overall arc. And the harbinger of the series, the guy who is really leading the charge, Justin Lin, has left directing it after a week of principal photography. You didn't really? Hear about I this? did not hear about that. Uh, yeah, he uh, apparently, I mean, was. this is what the rumored source was, is that Vin Diesel is showing up unprepared, out of shape, doesn't know his lines, late, and uh, Lynn said, it's not worth my mental health. There are some rumors that he also left because John Watts just left the Marvel gig directing the Fantastic Four reboot. Lynn apparently was high on that and wanted to get that job. So that's the rumor or speculation. And I mean, to leave a production <laughs> a week into shooting, apparently I'm sorry. Universal has Louis Lettier. Uh, yeah. Earmarked for the job. So I'm sure he'll that's do fine. a craftsman, a, journeysman job. Yeah. Is a gun for hire. I can't believe Fantastic Four. You just said that name again. Like these movies are, you know, I I don't want to shoot a Fast and Furious movie. I want to make a Fantastic Four movie. Okay, I can't really. What the fucking what? What movies have lined? Doesn't nobody want to actually make a, any kind of new movie? Does no one have any ideas anymore? I just the Fantastic Four reboot. They've never successfully done anything with the Fantastic Four. Uh, that, in my how opinion, how dare you, sir? Those first two are fantastic, and the Roger Corman one's quite good too. 
Uh, the first one is acceptable. The 2005 it's one. It's acceptable. <laughs> it's acceptable because I saw it on a mass dose of edibles back in the day. And so it was it vaguely entertaining for I the like 90 minutes that those. it lasted. I like both the original ones and the Roger Corman one. The Roger Corman one's I a like rough mine. run as well. Oh, it's good. It is. It, it's enjoyable in spots. Uh, but that's that's <laughs> the happenings on the Fast and Furious front. Apparently, they can't get their shit together on that set. And it sounds like a lot of the issues that it's Dwayne Johnson brought up a couple years back mm-hmm. are now resurfacing. And I think a lot of this is the the hubris of, of Vin Diesel and his personality. When you, This is your only franchise. I mean, he's been in nothing but else that's been kill, successful. Well, he's, got, he's got Riddick coming up again. But is this a... Um I mean, you say he's been in nothing else successful or anything, but but Fast and Furious is almost something you can't kill. It's like like Wesley Snipes killed Blade, right? I mean, so to speak. Not he really. He had help, plenty of help. But um, this is kind of a play out of like Blade Trinity, almost in some ways. Sounds like right. Director has problems with actor. Actor has problems with director. And so, uh, but it's too big to fail. <laughs> I hear what you're saying, but eventually they're going to hit a, a wrong note and these things are going to start going the other way. They, it just hasn't happened yet. You're starting to see Marvel falter a little bit here with their with their stuff, you know, the critical reaction. The I last. think they've been faltering, but yeah, you're right. The critical reaction, sure. So the fan reaction has not been great for Marvel. And the critical I think it's going to on only Eternals. continue to get worse. Yeah. That's not just Eternals. It's all the Disney Plus stuff, but, but the fans have been ahead of this, right? Um, for a little bit and so as long as as long as the as long as they put out technically acceptable material uh they seem they seem to be okay marvel seems to be fine on steady ground and fast and furious is kind of the same thing as as far as marvel stuff goes um you know like if they put out a a fucking transformers movies today people will go see it and they do have one in the works with uh steven cable the guy who directed it'll be fucking terrible you know, and people will go say, I'll probably watch it. But and, and so, what, what what can you say? You know, vote with your wallet. But we all just watch the shit, anyways. Well, it's presented in front know. of us. You can't escape most of this shit. You're gonna eventually some of it. You come can. Across I have it. I have stopped watching a lot of things, especially the Disney Plus stuff and a couple other things. I've I've only made it a couple episodes in. And I've had to stop. Not good. Just not enough time in the world. Well, and that's the other thing. Yeah, exactly. Another movie that they are talking about rebooting, giving another shot to, because apparently once just wasn't good enough, is The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Ooh, I, I liked the first one. I know you're uh, the fans. You're one of the guys that does like it. I think it's an extremely <laughs> flawed movie for so many oh, reasons, 100%. but there are sequences and parts that do work. I put The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen on the same league as Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow. In that, I would disagree with that. I think Sky Captain's yeah. far more boring, and um, uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is more of a real movie, I think. Well, not just in the sense that it's, it's less CGI, but it has a lot of CGI in it. But, uh, yeah, Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow is experimental, I would say. Even story-wise, it's, it's a weird fucking movie, man. It is super um, trippy. And, the, uh, and, and while they both have similar faults, I guess, to some degree, they both try to be grandiose, and they, they just don't meet that. <laughs> um, at least, uh, you know, Norrington tells a, a kind of a normal movie, just a normal blockbuster movie with, with pitfalls here and there. I just always put them together because they were really these big, lavish marketing yeah. spends on them, yeah. and they were, you know, kind of nostalgic, futuristic nostalgia. No, exactly. in the they same were supposed way. to be big, big blockbuster movies. Yeah, 
yeah. both tanked. And it really was this, the movie that sent Sean Connery into retirement after punching out the director. And I don't, I, I love Steve Norrington. Um, uh, but yeah, he appears to be an asshole. <laughs> I, the two directors, the guy who made uh, Sky Captain and the guy, Steve Norton, who made League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, he's far more talented. I mean, Death Machine and Blade speak Death to Machine. that. For anyone who hasn't seen uh, Death Machine's early uh, Stephen Norton uh, movie, uh, I, I think probably his best movie, really, to be honest with you. But yeah, and then Blade, um, a great Marvel movie. There you go. Um, I mean, if you're looking for an awesome kind of throwback of double feature. Yeah. Check out Death Machine and put it on the same level as Fortress or something like that. You know, yeah. those early nineties kind of B movies. You can watch Fortress and Fortress Two are both on on Tubi right now. So Fortress you can do One Fortress is on Tubi. Mar- Fortress and Fortress Two. You can do. I'm fairly Get certain I can look it up right now. Just, just please do because that feels but like I'm that's 100% erroneous. I'm percent sure. No, it's not. And, and no, because I'm pretty sure I looked at this because the DVDs are full screen and these fuckers are widescreen. If if if. Fortress is on Tubi right now. We're cutting this podcast short, and I'm getting on there <laughs> I and watching gotta go. it. Fucking Tubi, bro. Fortress and Fortress Two on oh, Tubi. Oh, kick ass! As if far you as just watch, Fortress, just saying. I know because I was buying them up. Because I was interested. I was like, man, I'm gonna get these on fucking DVD. And both the DVDs of those are full screen. I was like, oh man, I just watch them on Tubi. Wow. I mean, that's, that's unbelievable now. The, the availability of things on streaming is unbelievable. Cause that, those are very rare. You can barely find Fortress anywhere. I don't even know if it's available to purchase through iTunes or anything like that. If it is, I it's don't know never about digital. I mean, I see the DVDs for both of them here and there. Yeah, because you're are wild wide searching. Screen. Yeah, they are widescreen dog shit DVDs, to be honest with you. One of those early they're transfers. They're full screen. Do- yes. They're not, they're not great. They're, ch- they're cheap. So I would rather... Uh, watch that. Watch it on Tubi, man. Tubi has some great um, old movies, and as well as when, whenever. Here's a here's a little tidbit for people. Whenever Scream Factory or uh, y- you know Arrow Video or any of these boutique guys get a lot of these new movies and they get these new transfers and stuff, that shit will fucking be on Tubi, and the new transfer will be on that. We just mm-hmm. Sword and Sorcerer, right? We just watched that. That 4K transfer is on fucking Tubi. Yeah, it's they're they've grown in leaps and bounds the last particularly two to three years. Now that twentieth century Fox owns them, they have I mean, I go to buy things on iTunes or Voodoo or whatever. Boutique things. I go on there, it's typically mm-hmm. on there already. And, I mean if it's the, old and it's weird, it's not something that you'd find anyplace else, it might be on Tubi, I'm telling you. And they, they do these transfers and these boutique guys who are putting out these these discs and those sets are great. Like if you really like the movie, buy the fucking set, believe me. It's better than watching it on Tubi for sure with all the commercials and everything. But if you just want to see the movie in a a good transfer of it, uh, it'll be that new transfer. That'll be what's on there because they just made that transfer. Those guys are just buying it, the transfer to put it on there. They're not making the transfer. You know, the studio makes transfers. Mm-hmm. So you get you yeah. get the the best of both worlds. You know, you can get free or you can go pay for it. But yeah, Tubi is uh, a great place to watch those. I agree. I think it's uh, quickly becoming my go to streaming service uh, outside of the the pay channels. You know, out of the free ones, I think it's head and shoulders above the others. Yeah, everyone's just secondary. Let's get into some reviews of things that we've seen, because we have seen a lot of movies since we've talked to you last. Some big ones, some small ones, some old ones, some new ones, everything in between, some good ones and bad ones even. But let's start off with uh, the biggest blockbuster on the list here. 
and that is Spider-Man <laughs> No Way Home. I want to know <laughs> I what say, you thought one? about this. The third highest grossing film of all time now. I didn't no. get a chance to see this. It is no. now the third highest grossing film of all time. Can you believe that? Uh, no, I actually can't. You know why I didn't rush out to see this uh, one besides know. having yeah. not seen the last one? Is I just didn't want to see a Spider-Man who was crying. And I kept seeing well, clips where these fucker was crying, <laughs> and I just wasn't into it, man. Uh, I don't know so much about that. There wasn't that much crying in it. Um, uh, like the last Spider-Man movie was good. Uh, honestly, it, w- it was good. This movie it is too long. It's <laughs> way too fucking long. This thing's two, two and a half hours long. Um, there's not enough in it. It's not that interesting of a fucking movie. Like you talk about him crying. Yeah. That's like the first act. Basically he's, he's kind of a little bitch. The first act. And then he goes to Dr. Strange and they just fuck around, you know, like it doesn't make a lot of sense. Dr. Strange appears to not have a fucking clue what he's doing and just decides, well, I'll, I'll do a spell and we'll fuck around. We don't know what the fuck's going on. And then, Oh, multiverse. Um, and I don't know. I mean, do you know the twist already in this? I think everyone already knows. I knew before I watched it. With the, um, with the different Spider-Man coming yeah, back? Yeah, the, the Spider-Man coming back. I, I would say if I didn't know that and I was in a theater watching this opening weekend, okay, maybe I might have a slightly better you know, feeling about this, but it goes on for so long. I cannot, I just can't explain to you how fucking Hold on, the boring movie does this movie or is. There's all their of involvement. It, all of it, those, their involvement the fucking all it's just the whole movie's slow as shit it's a dog slow movie and so yeah i just i couldn't get into this uh, i mean cut uh, 45 minutes out of this movie i maybe i have a different opinion of it but i really this is it's too slow it's not very exciting you know what's going to happen um and they just it's not that interesting that that you know toby mcguire uh whatever's uh, andrew garfield it's not they don't really add anything to it, and neither do so they bring back the do, old the, the old villains. Also, is like it's kind of like for it feels like fan uh, you fan know, service fan uh, fiction. Yes, <laughs> both. Yes, it, that's what it feels like. You know, when when Doc Ock shows up, at first you're kind of like, oh, this is gonna be good, and then he shows up and you're like, all right, but <laughs> I I guess. Well, is this going to be the last for Holland, or does it look like they're going to continue on with this uh, this version, this care. verse, whatever? I, mean, I imagine they're going to continue on because, well, how much money did this just make? Yeah, but is it set up um, for story wise? Uh, no, but it's it's the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so yes, no, but yes. Well, I felt right? like there's, Spider-Man there's not three. An end. There is no end. An end. You didn't feel like that, like when they when they were done with that last one. It felt like that could have been a natural conclusion, a step Which, out point the, with the Franco the McGuire one. Yeah, the 2007 version. Uh, sure, but that's not this. I mean, that could be this, but it, it doesn't have to be, right? To make tomorrow, tomorrow they could make another Iron Man movie, right? I mean, no, there's no door is actually closed ever in any of these Marvel movies. I just, I don't buy it. They don't really do it. Um, they, they don't. And which movie have they done it to? I, th- and this doesn't really do it. It, it ends, um, and it ends in such a way. Well, it has eight endings. By the way, why do movies have eight endings? I do not need a closing for every fucking character. That started Holy with fucking Return shit. of the King. That I know with Lord of the Rings twenty years ago. Too. It's really bad in this one. I don't know why people. 
I would need I would need someone to explain to me why they think this movie is good, you know, um, for me to understand it. Because I really don't think it's okay. It's not like it's a bad movie. It's fine. It's way too long, and it has 800 endings. You know, every character gets an ending. Everything gets wrapped up, but not really, because it's fucking like it will go on in the next movie, obviously. So no, so, so yeah, it's open ended. You're giving it a modest negative review, or are you giving it? You know, it's fine. I mean, watch it. I'm sure every well, fuck, everyone's already seen it. They loved it. I'm the I'm the the odd man out here. I don't think it's that good of a movie. (laughs) But yeah, I heard nothing but positive. I thought the last movie was better than this movie. I'll put it that way. Because of length, length, um, entertainment, like engagement. You know, like this movie didn't engage me at all. I got super fucking bored several times in every single act of this movie. Yeah. So yeah, length is a real problem here. This movie was just drawn out. Like I say, there are eight, there are a million endings. Every character gets a fucking ending in this movie, man. It's it's unreal. Like I don't. These characters are not that important. Like this is it's called <laughs> Spider Man. Spider Man. <laughs> you know? I don't need a closing on the fucking other characters. They don't even they, they do their fucking thing, fine, but oh my god. Alright, let's move on and let's talk about a film that I saw last, I want to say last summer. It looks like you just caught up to it here. That's M. Night Shamalian's Shamalian Shabamalaj. Uh old. Yeah. Shyamalan. This was his modest box office hit from uh, from last year. I saw this in a theater. You just caught it on streaming. I was, I I was. Let me tell you this. I was going mm-hmm. with this. Spo- this is going to be a spoiler heavy, so you might want to jump forward five minutes if uh, you haven't seen this yet. But if you if you haven't, it's been oh, out for whatever. a year, or so deal with it. Is what it is. <laughs> now I was ju- I was somewhat with this movie until I felt like it was fucking with me to just fuck with me. And then mm-hmm. when they finally explained whatever was going on with the reef in the company, it was such a pathetic ex- – the, the ending was such a pathetic excuse for my time being invested that I left once again going, why do I watch this guy's movies? <laughs> and I'm telling you, I was so irritated at this. More irritated than I was when I saw though, The Village. Good, to be fair, but the majority of his movies are good, or at least watchable. He, but he does have some extreme duds. Like, when they're bad, they're really bad. This one, I felt like, was laughably bad. I agree, because aspects. it doesn't... This movie sets a... Uh, this movie does not follow its own rules, right? It, it's not logical. And so when you tell me one thing, and then you, you show me something else... I'm already out, you know, and um, I've already, this movie was ruined for me before I, wa- I, I say ruined, you know, spoiled, I guess, whatever the hell you'd say. I knew it was going to happen in this movie as I watched it, and it's worse watching it than it was hearing it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, as it plays I out. Could, like, like when the choral scene plays out, unfucking real how bad that is. I mean, yeah. just god awful. And then when they, they do the final reveal after that, it's like, holy shit! This god, is this so is oddly, oddly distasteful Bro, from the, the daughter getting pregnant in Mary. I'm fine in, with all that kind of shit. The they the baby dies from not eating. Oh, I didn't eat. It wasted away. None of you have eaten. If we're gonna pretend that like like years go by and like hours or whatever, you're not eating. You're all dead. 
what the fuck am I missing here? Why is the baby dead? Uh, yeah, see, I, I why is the baby that. dead and you're not dead? You know, like there's 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 these logical gaps in this movie. It runs through the whole entire movie, all of it, right? Like they cut people. She cuts the guy with a rusty knife and it kills him. Like wh- <laughs> what? People get there cut by rusty shit all the time. And get there is, and and like you say, I was going with it up to a point. You're right. There's a there's a you go. I go with this movie up to I, the first act, well into the second act. I'd say I'm with mm-hmm. this movie. By the time they start really getting into it and kind of like showing you like what's what, I'm gone. It's I, it's immediate. It's like an immediate like oh this makes no fucking sense. You're not even trying. So it's a long time from that point. The, the sequence where they do the climbing, I thought was pretty effective. Um, the the hot lady kind of dis, disfiguring was was very odd, which was cool <laughs> and effective. Yeah, I didn't but, understand that really. That why why is she breaking? Why is was she all breaking up? I, I'm not sure either. But like, I thought it was a cool scene breaking? visually. Uh, yeah, um, it's creepy, but but at the, at the same time. From the point where you say, fuck it, I'm not with this anymore. So the time when they reveal what's going on is is a long sludge. It's a long, slow sludge. And you were talking about me that felt drawn yeah, it was out. the whole first act where they're at the hotel and everything before they even get to the beach. Um, and I have to admit that the entire, like all the stuff that he, that he does with the family and like dealing with... Uh, like I liked setting the scenes of like everyone's sick and showing people's illnesses and doing that kind of stuff before you get to the beach. Cause you're like, okay, like I'm, I'm kind of clued into a lot of this just naturally by what he's doing, but there's too much of like the fucking family fighting, like the parents fighting and the kids mm-hmm. carrying all this stuff. And like, this is like, like extra shit that I just don't give a shit about. Especially in a movie like that. I felt like he was going yeah, for a get Jordan to the Peele. Beach, get to the fucking point. You know, like in Lost, the plane crashes and they fucking wake up on the beach, so to speak, right? Um, and yeah, they do a lot of character development in, in that show, Lost and stuff like that. But for the most part, they don't. <laughs> right? Like, you're on the fucking island. Like, uh, g- g- give me to the fucking beach, you know? Yeah, it took a while to get going. But like I said, I, I felt like it was working for me to a point, and then second act trouble, and by the time the reveal mm-hmm. is, and the what the reveal, how it's handled, how it's shot, the sets even, I just well, thought I don't the even whole know thing. How, how do you keep that secret with all those people working there? Oh, now you're getting now you're going to apply logic to that. I mean, well, you've yes, already figured because out that's the, exactly what the the whole thing is. It's just like, I mean, we. In the end, he's like, "We've this beach was created by nature, and this is what we're using it for." Like, the dude gives a whole fucking speech about it, right? I got to sit through that fucking philosophical nonsense bullshit thing, and it's like, dude, what are you talking about? That like, was if, one of the worst ending speeches. This, if people found out this beach was real, like there was like a time fucking warp area thing that was fucked up like this, it wouldn't be a fucking secret that the medical industry, the, the, the pharmaceutical industry, would exploit. It's fucking what? <laughs> I mean, that's the most insane damn thing I've ever heard. It's like when Steven Seagal was pontificating at the end of On Deadly Ground about Mother Nature. <laughs> it was a fucking ludicrous kind of. ending. And and he also directed that. So, kind of, yeah, so it kind of makes sense, right? There you go. Uh, but I thought that, you know, for, for half of this movie's running time, it was working. But I got violently mad as it ended and it wasted my time. And I've been through a couple of these experiences with this director. I should have known, but this one irritated me Which more movies? than most. 
I mean, the, the village. Obviously, so um, you didn't like the village that much. The, the happening, the village. You know, I just uh, I for think the, the ending. Is okay. I think that the moments that work in the village That's are some right. of his most effective moments in his all of his fucking filmography. When they're That's what I'm saying. About I, the that movie's not really that bad of a movie. Like it's just no, the, the ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The end of that one. Kind of, the happening is by far his worst. Uh, uh, actually, I mean, the, the last, last Airbender. Airbender. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, so I, like what I'm saying. Like most of his, the the majority of Mike Shyamalan's movies are watchable. Like all the way through, really. Even the village, I would say, is a, was a watchable film. Like I could rewatch that. I could never in my life rewatch old. I could never rewatch Last Airbender. I could never rewatch The Happening. Like there are certain movies of his. Like when they're bad, they're fucking bad. My my girl wants to watch The Happening because she likes Wahlberg and Ugh, Zoe Deschanel. No, Wahlberg's so bad. Do not watch that movie. I, I showed her He's the trailer. So bad in it. I've seen it in the theater. It was awful. I showed her the trailer yes. and to ward her off of it, and she goes, "Oh, it looks good." And I went, "What?" <laughs> no. <laughs> but then I thought I saw that trailer too and paid for a fucking ticket and saw it in a theater. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. But you're not gonna get me twice, fucker. <laughs> All right, let's move on and let's talk about another horror film from a, a respected auteur. I guess that would be a Candyman. Even though this isn't from Jordan Peele specifically, he executive produced it. His fingerprints are on this remake of the Bernard Rose film from 1992, which had somewhat of a cult film status heaved upon it. It's really a, an artsy kind of horror film, if you haven't seen it, based on a Clive Barker short story novella and it was uh followed by two subsequent sequels mm-hmm. this is the remake reboot 2022 version and i Candy actually man. found it to be fairly effective <laughs> i i liked this version i didn't have um i i thought that it moved well i thought that it was interesting enough it held my attention it had some slickness to it i thought that it didn't bother me that they were putting some um, you know, social justice type st- I don't well, want to say social justice, the first but one, really, to be fair. Yeah, that is too the because he's a slave that was killed. Is, is kind of the racially same. motivated. It is, yeah, yeah, and it is, and so is the first one. Um, so yeah, I didn't mind that either. I had wished, I had hoped that with the bigger, some a bigger budget, slicker stuff, that it would have been more horror oriented, and it wasn't. So I, I it's I, not I, the, gruesome at all. To me, this movie's a letdown. I really love this scene. Uh, well, the horror scene where he attacks him in the um, in the art uh, mm-hmm. view, whatever the hell that is. I don't know what you call that. <laughs> uh, your gallery there? Uh, the gallery. About? Thank you. The art gallery. Um, that's really cool. I thought, oh, this is cool. But it doesn't really ever go above that. You know, It doesn't really get any more than that. And so, I don't know. If, I, if I'm going to, to compare this to something that I think would be similar, but I think is much better, I would say Midnight Meat Train did a way better job of this type of an idea. Um, than this, and 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 I so I just kind of ho- had hoped that there would be a little bit more horror in this, and there wasn't. It's a little bit more intellectual. Uh, it's if it, it's odd to say that about a horror well, it's just film, less but it's horror. But you're right. Yeah, it's more of like this guy discovering kind of himself, and and uh, um, while trying to discover Candyman. And I like the there is a mood that's created here, which is mm-hmm. is laughable in Candyman two and three, the follow ups to the original. I like so they those, are but they're so bad, yeah. They are they are bad. I rewatched the second one recently, and it's mm-hmm. it's startlingly bad. Um, but they they create a mood here. I think that the lead actor, I like this guy. Uh, he's much better here than mm-hmm. he was. In, I can't pronounce his name for shit, but he's much better here than he was in the Matrix Resurrections. And um, I think he's got a career as a leading man. The, what I thought that the movie lacked was 
the real the the, the on edge quality that the first one gave me. Yeah. I feel like at times this was going through the motions. I was never worried so much about in this movie. I I never would worry about saying Candyman to a mirror. As far as this movie no. goes, like this felt fake to me. That's what I mean about the horror element. Like I want I wanted more horror out of this movie. Um, which I got, and maybe there's there's an age difference that makes makes that work between this one and the original Candyman. Um, but yeah, like the original Candyman was kind of a, a movie that kind of freaked you out a little bit. Absolutely, I mean, you know, people our age, our generation, uh, you people will not say Candyman in a mirror, or at least know about that as kind of a joke. So, uh, and I mean, I, I was 13 when I saw the original, scared the shit out of me at a sleepover with a bunch of people, and I, I guarantee you, none of them say Candyman in the mirror if yeah, they can get right. away with it. Um, but I, in terms of, of the slickness of this production, I did think that this was one of the more successful reboots of a previous franchise that I've seen come along in, in a while. I don't know. I don't think you see, I mean, I would, I would argue that the only way to really judge a, a horror franchise is, would be sequels. And I don't, do you see sequels happening from this? I really don't. I don't I mean it made enough mo- money that it could possibly be spun off on something. Oh, I think and Jordan the risk Peele. Would be huge to spin this off. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know where it could go in terms of a story. I thought that the the follow ups well, previously up, were so weak. It does set up for a sequel in the end, technically. To be fair, it, I mean, yeah, it did. But didn't the first one too with Virginia Madsen's character? Uh, yes. And then followed through on that particular storyline. <laughs> yes. Which is kind of like the idea is like now it's almost a vampire effect. Right now you're infected and you're gonna, you know, pass that along or. I yeah, I mean to be fair, this director has now gone on to Marvel, so. But isn't that's what everyone does? That's not fair. Uh, never mind. That's not even. I shouldn't even say that. Everyone does that. Yeah, I mean, everyone's got a Marvel movie under their, under their oh, belt. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about another fucking horror movie because we're you know we're just knocking them down hey, over here. <laughs> uh, Scream, <laughs> the reboot of another '90s franchise, albeit a far more successful franchise in the '90s, and the Wes Craven. Kevin Williamson uh, trilogy, quadrilogy, I guess there's four of them that came out, but the three are the the mainstays. And really, to me, the well, first is, two are the only ones I consider a Scream movies. Well, um, how dare and, you? Uh, number three? Come on. You have to do all three. All three of them are, that's the trilogy. That counts. Okay. Fair enough. Because that did come out in the same it era, to. at least. Yeah, it's the same thing. Um, like from four on, I, okay, like those are, that's a different like thing altogether. And this is a different thing that pays a lot of homage and it's <laughs> But it's not a different thing, right? Isn't this, in isn't a different this way. the new thing, though? Is to, when you do the remakes now, they're not remakes. They're continuations, but they're the title of the original. Yeah, it's pretty fucking <laughs> annoying, to be honest with you here. Right? But well, I mean, Halloween, now we have Scream, Friday the 13th. I didn't find this, though, right. all that... It's all the same. Look, I was pretty down the road on this. I mean, I saw this in the theater back I in January. Was, I thought this was pretty good, to be honest with you. I thought I, it was fine. I, I was just down the road on it. It didn't get my pulse racing. I didn't. I just kept nodding at it and went, yeah, that's familiar. Yeah. That's familiar. You know, I didn't. I, I, I thought, like, the inclusion of what they were trying to do with the original characters, um, what was going on here. I, I stopped trotting out the legacy characters at this point. <laughs> and I know that they're talking about the reboots and they're trying to be you know quick with with it and this is what we're trying it's a sequel but yeah, it's not really it, it makes and- it it i see what you're saying yeah it does make it a little bit difficult to 
have a commentary on something while you are doing that thing that you are commenting on. <laughs> but isn't that what made the first one so good back in 96? I mean, yes, it is. But, but the problem with that is that we've now seen that they've leveraged that to, uh, to commercial success, right? And so now, now you're no longer saying, oh, look at what these guys are doing just to make money and all this stuff. Well, but you're, you're doing that just to make money, right? That's what yeah. we're watching right now, right? Now you've, you've become the very thing that you made fun of. You're lampooning. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're spoofing what you are. It's so fucking meta. You know, it's like you're doing an impersonation of yourself. I don't know if it's possible. So it's, it's a weird... It, it's just a it fucking is, weird rabbit was, hole to was be down. Good. Like it, this is a screw, definitely a screen movie. It fits in um, to the whole thing um, with the other ones. It it's fine. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm like not really a huge scream fan at this point anyway. So I, I really like the first two. Like I said, I, I find yeah, this I like some of my favorite three. horror movies I of have, all time. And I have to have I have the Miramax uh, special edition DVDs of those because that's yes, that's the fu- that's what those look like. That's what those are to me. If I don't have yeah. those, then I'm not watching that movie. Um, so <laughs> those are I awful. I, ha- I rewatched my <laughs> DVDs before this new one, and they're awful. I don't even. They're, I had to like frame in my TV to make them fill out the whole fucking oh. TV. I don't even think they're the no, wide screens. They're wide screens, but they're not anamorphic. No, they have to be. Oh. Come on. I don't know. Oh, if they, I think the third one might now. be. But I don't think the first two are. That's horrendous. Um, but in, in any case, those cases. That's the fucking screen movies to me. Absolutely, and, and Skeet Ulrich and those guys. I mean, that whole. The first one was so popular when I was in high school that, you know, I saw it at least two times in the theater and that was on at uh-huh. everyone's house you'd go over. It just, that movie is, is symbolic to a certain time period for me. So it's very hard for me to now take this new wave that's coming in with it and how flippant they are well, towards so the whole old, thing. Too. The characters are old um, and flippant. Yeah. Um, they've definitely taken like the final girl to a next level, even the Halloween movies at this point. But yeah, like the like the final girl is now a heroine. Which yeah, is she's kind, no longer which a survivor. Kind of weird. Like you expect it. Like she's the heroine. Yeah, no longer a survivor. No longer a final girl. Now she's the girl. Like she's the heroine. Well, they're just jumping so a it's chapter. Weird. Because yeah, usually what would happen is in the next, you know, she'd be the final girl, and then in the next one she'd be the heroine until she'd get killed off, and then there'd be a new final. Well, I girl, like some of those. Know? Like Final Destination Two, I thought really did a really good job with the Ali Larder character being like. Um, being that final girl from the first one, but being the, the a kind of a heroine character in the second one, but someone that they had to go and say like, Hey, how do you do this? And she's the, have been like beating, like dueling with death, so to speak for so long, all that kind of stuff. I, I really like that idea that in that final destination two movie, but it doesn't translate so well to a lot of these other movies. Like I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little tired of like uh, uh, people going up against, a, a, a villain who's like supernatural and impossible to kill, right? That I've seen in so many other movies. The franchises that you can't kill them, they kill you. So how long can we have people go up against them? The same well, you people. The same people. <laughs> with Ali Lautner, that's the Sigourney Weaver Ripley effect, right? I mean, she to some degree, the first and it works one. in that movie. I really like that movie. I think it works really well in that movie. But that's kind of it's a. Um, I mean, like you say, the Ripley stuff. Yes, you're right. Because she's been through it. And by the time they go, by the time this new group realizes, oh, death's out to get us. We need to go get some help. And this person's been through it and all this stuff. And they go to help. They get it. You get the idea that her character's been built through that, right? She's been through all this stuff up to that point. 
um, which is which is what they do with these characters. But we're now X amount of movies in. You know, like how long? How many times are we going to roll through this at the, at some point? I I don't know. It gets a little ridiculous. I like to see something a little new. Um, even though I'm obviously saying this is a scream movie, it fits in with the scream stuff. I don't know what you would do to rejuvenate scream. I think this is the same thing you're you're complaining about, right? Is that this just feels redundant at this point? Um, yeah, so what would you do to rejuvenate? What would you do to rejuvenate this? And I don't know. You know, I don't know how you They've fix worked- this problem. No, the only thing that these movies offer anymore to me is to try to figure out who the killer is from the first frame. And I will say yeah. that this movie did a good job of keeping that for me. I did not correctly guess who I it was, was a good the watch. final yeah, killer. It's a good watch, but it's not something that um, I agree. It's not something that you're going to sit around and and really talk about it's nothing really super important. But that's movies in general these days. You know, I find them to be fine to watch. Um, and not something that I really need to collect or want or need to see multiple times, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not down on the movie, but I'll say this. Out of the, the last three that we talked about, the one that actually uh, stimulated me the most or engaged me the most was Candyman out of the three. Even though I liked sure. what Scream was doing because I liked, I liked the overall – I liked the context of Scream. I liked the structure of Scream. I know what I'm getting – uh-huh. You know, I, I like that world typically that they live in, but these last ones have just felt very inauthentic in a lot of ways. Hmm. And you know, I said, stop with the legacy characters well, I think already. Candyman was a little slicker um, than these. I mean, I thought Candyman was about on par with this. Really, I didn't think it was. I was actually was surprised at how brutal Scream was. I thought Scream was a lot more brutal it. in in terms of the violence throughout in total throughout the movie. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, I, maybe because I saw it in the theater and the sound and whatnot, it just it seemed a lot more gruesome um, than I had remembered other screens to be. As these franchises go on, as these installments continue to, to be made, things feel more and more televised, if that makes any sense. If streamed, you know, these words kind of feel like less like theatrical. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it feels like more of like a, a TV episode. You know, that's what, what I'm getting. As you say, like, with Scream, I know what I'm watching or what I'm about to get. Well, it sounds like a TV episode. But then again, I mean, you look back at the old Lethal Weapon movies. Those could have been installments, too. You know, like, they, you knew what you were getting when you walked into no, those. But because those had during some the sort time, of bang for your that, buck. But I think that's incorrect. Compare movies uh, at that point to TV shows. Those two things are different. Those two things are very different, right? But today, compare streaming stuff to... Oh, I see what you're saying. ...these movies, right? They're the fucking same. So they feel like TV show. They feel like a stream show because they're damn near really close on par to that. Like, a lot more money gets spent on movies still, but the TV stuff is really caught up. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that I think from The Sopranos on that cable has just been or television yeah. in general has just been catching up and um it's just an attractive option when you have things to watch at home that are that good and when i even stream these like, i stream scream i stream most of the movies that i've seen i don't even go see in a theater anymore because they're just available they're on the streaming service they just show up and they don't it doesn't feel any different to watch this content this movie studio quality content than to watch a streaming quality content that, that they made like a know? netflix doesn't, movie doesn't, or something yeah like that. it just doesn't feel a hell of a lot different you know That's whereas fair. going whereas watching a tv show even miami vice right watching miami vice and then watching um uh, lethal weapon like you say a different experience absolutely 
yeah, we budget wise, film the talent that was attached. I mean, that was just a huge chasm. And now, I mean, let's be honest, the talent, the people that used to direct those movies in the 90s are usually now working in television. The stars of that era are working in television now. So it's interchangeable. I mean, you could be on a television yeah. show. Making the jump from TV to movies back then was a huge thing. I mean, Denzel did it, George Clooney did it, a couple other. Really, Michael J. Fox, a couple other lucky individuals, uh-huh. but it wasn't the norm like it is now, or or to be a movie star and, and then be, to just dip into a limited series. It doesn't series, have to be know? necessarily a bad thing. Like I'm not necessarily painting a, a, a bad picture of it because now all your shit's really good. <laughs> or yeah. or here's the caveat: nothing's really great. Everything's really good. Nothing's really great. You know, and I think that's the problem that I'm having in general I, I with would, movies. I would agree with you for the most part in that. And it's been a while since I saw something that really um, knocked my socks it off happens, but yeah. on television or in, in documentaries for me right now are doing it more than anything else. So yeah, well, and that's kind go. of where I've been. All right, let's move on and talk about one of the year's biggest hits, the Batman. This is Robert Pattinson taking over the caped crusader role from Ben Affleck. And this is, a uh, soft reboot, hard reboot. I don't know. They're doing all the sorts of concurrent timelines. It's a flash movie. It has to be hard. And um, it's it's its own thing. It's its own yeah. vibe. It's a three-hour superhero movie that, honestly, <laughs> I saw in the theater, and I really enjoyed this movie. I really liked the Batman. Uh, I got behind it from the jump. I thought that its running time was earned. This is a movie where I wasn't too squirmy for a three-hour movie in the theater. Um, and I thought that surprisingly Pattinson did okay in the role. I did not mind this interpretation or this world as presented. It didn't burn me out in the way that Nolan's world did uh, a decade ago. What'd you think? I hated it. <laughs> really? <laughs> not even going to sugarcoat it. Hated it. Robert Pattinson's great. Zoe Kravitz is, is good. Um, Jeffrey Wright's good. Uh, uh, the movie's dumb. It's a stupid movie. I don't even understand why this exists. Um, and I'll give you an example. The movie opens with him like, um, Batman, Batman, being Batman sucks. Fucking like, I got to do all this Batman shit. Nobody likes me. I'm bored. Fucking whatever. And he's like, the bat signal goes up. Everybody knows the bat signal. People get scared. Even before I show up, the bat signal, they see the bat signal. They're like, holy shit. So he goes through this whole fucking long, like shit of this. And the first time he meets someone, they fall back on the classic, who is this fucking guy think he is? Look at this guy. What the hell? Yeah. It's like, dude, you, the guy just told, if, if everyone sees the bat signal, you fucking know. You don't, you don't know who Batman is? Like, really? Seriously, you guys are pulling this, like, who's this fucking guy? Like, it's, it's like, no, you can't do that. And the whole movie's like that. This dude, Batman shows up on the fucking crime scene, like, I'm going to do some detective work. And the detectives are like, who the fuck is this? Like this fucking guy. He's always here. He's just fucking. And Batman's just in the background while the detectives are like, "Fine, fuck it." They go on. They actually do the fucking job. Their work. And he's just like moping around in the back, like, "Well, maybe, uh, maybe it's this and that." And they're like, "Okay." <laughs> well, he's definitely the first Batman who's on the spectrum. Oh my That's god! For sure. It's fucking. I think this is one of the most boring movies in the world. I've never. This, this movie. I'm watching people watch other people. Without and th- without the context of the fuck, I'm not even watching the scene. Like they're in the fucking other building, they're talking. I can't hear them. I'm watching somebody else watch fucking somebody else do a fucking scene, and it's not it, like that's the movie. And then he fucking detects some shit, like here and there, like in the background, while they're like, "Who the fuck this guy?" 
Yeah, I really honestly, I think this is one of the worst fucking movies I've seen all year. Oh wow, yeah, we're, we're leagues apart on this. I think this is one of the better movies I saw this year. Uh, I really didn't think. I see. I know what you're saying about the the melancholy aspect to this, but I thought that in presenting this world, it felt very close, as close as I'm ever going to see to that 1930s original interpretation. Um, and I don't want a steady diet of this. I don't want five or six of I'd these agree. versions. But for a one-off, I don't mm-hmm. mind this. I, I really didn't. I, I can understand what you're saying with that. But I don't think it did that because he's not in it enough. He doesn't do enough. He's just, he's so fucking passive in this movie. Um, it's kind of gross, really. Like, he's just, is he even Batman? He's just a guy that's there in a bat suit. I, I don't. He's, I would say that Batman's on screen in this movie more than any other version of Batman I've ever seen. But being on screen doesn't mean shit if you're not doing anything. If you're just standing there with your thumb up your ass, I don't care. And he really is, for the majority of the movie, just doesn't really have a point of being there. I'll say this. I didn't really think that the movie had a central... I felt like it was a lot of setup in it, but I, did, I couldn't tell you what I would cut. I'm going through my what's mind. What's even in I'm the like, movie, though? I wouldn't I cut know, that scene. I can't I even tell cut. you really what's a lot in the movie because it, it's so fucking boring. It thinks three goddamn hours, three and a half hours long, and I couldn't even tell you what the hell really is in the movie that needs to be in the movie. I didn't really understand why they had so many villains at one time. I know what you're trying to do and Not show that this, that, this world has been set up. I mean, they take a, they, they, you know, <laughs> they do the penguin. They do it like it's Dick Tracy, but it's not. It's like real life Dick Tracy. I don't know. I don't I really don't understand what the fuck they're doing. Like with Colin Farrell in this and, and it, the Riddler is like the fucking gimp from, from uh, Pulp Fiction for some reason. I just, I'm, I'm lost on the, on why you want to take this. And as you say, like make it like a thirties thing, but they, they didn't do that. They made it like, they tried to think like it was real. Like if this was real, what would people do? Well, they wouldn't do shit, but they dress up like fucking morons and, and act like they're doing shit. It's like, I didn't mind. I didn't mind any of that. I thought this movie created a certain mood from the jump. I thought it was very effective. I see what you're saying about the logical standpoints, but let's be honest. This is a guy who fucking clings to sides of buildings, you know, with a, with a grappling hook. No, so, he I doesn't, mean, it's, actually. It's, he fucking falls and then does, is unable to do... Like, the most exciting part of this movie, to me, was when he uh, free uh, jumps off the fucking uh, building, right? Which is the opening to fucking Tron Legacy, by the way. Fantastic movie. This movie holds no candle to it because that takes forever to do that, and then he fucks it up. He can't even do it. He can't even fucking glide down to the fucking ground. He can't even do that. This is one of the most inept Batman of all the Batman. (laughs) uh, He's the most mopey, I'll say that for sure. He's the most ineffective, man. Come on, he's inept. He cannot glide down from the fucking tower. He can't do that. (laughs) He fucking runs into the thing. And that's the most exciting, that's one of the most exciting parts of the movie. Come on. I thought when they, they finally got that Batmobile out and fired that fucker up and had the... I didn't think that the car chase was handled very well in terms no, of the actual but I, filmmaking yeah, I, I of it. I liked the Batmobile. It was cool. I did like that sequence. I thought that the score was appropriately eerie and off-putting uh, without being too bombastically yeah, uh, superhero-y. And I, I don't know. I thought that I, Jeffrey Wright, I couldn't decide if I loved him or hated him in this movie. He was doing a Felix Leiter, mm-hmm. I thought, with his, you know, when he's talking to James Bond and those other movies that he's done. I thought he was fine. But yeah, I mean, Zoe Kravitz was good too. I don't, I really don't Excellent. think the the actors were bad. My point with the Colin Farrell, I like the Penguin stuff was fucking weird to me. I don't even know why it was in here. He's it, it was just, superfluous. It, it didn't it like need to be there. It wasn't an important character at all. 
in any way whatsoever. It just didn't matter that he was in there and all the makeup and all the shit that they did for it yeah, was I just for nothing. for him because all that makeup that he had to endure for that little part, I thought, well, this is a glorified cameo. I mean, really, this is an extended yeah. cameo. This isn't a character. Yeah, and I didn't like the Riddler character at all. I didn't. I really. I didn't like the bat. I didn't like Batman. I didn't like the bad guys. I don't like any of it. I think that the ultimate Riddler so far on screen (laughs) has been from the show Gotham. I can't recall what that gentleman's name is that played it, but whoever did that in the television show Gotham that they did a couple years back. I didn't really get into that. I've I've watched a little bit of that Pennyworth fucking thing. I didn't see that one. No. Gotham's good. (laughs) I can't handle the Pennyworth. The Pennyworth is so fucking. It's so boring. I mean, there's interesting shit in it, but it, oh my god, is that linked to this? Is that a backdoor pilot to this? Not to the. I mean, it's Alfred's story, right? Um, oh, I thought it was Andy, same guy, the same actor. No, Andy Sedurkis, or that guy's name is. Uh, no, I'm thinking of the wrong guy. No, N- not Gollum, is it? No, no, no. You're talking about um, uh, uh, Alfred in this movie is not. No, it's yes. not Alfred in the other. No, no, no. It's Alfred Pennyworth is as Alfred much younger. Oh, okay, gotcha. It's like his origin story. So it's interesting in that that respect, but also not interesting because I don't need a fucking origin story for some fucking butler from Batman. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're just out of your mind with too much shit to watch. And it's, it's, again, boring. Like, everything's drawn out to such an extent. I can't I can't do it anymore. I can't do the drawn out stuff. I need it stopped. I need people to write something succinct and fucking like to the conclusions people and fucking do it. And make it you know, like you can make this a lot of stuff like give me that Ben Affleck like fucking old Batman fucking movie. Give it now, to where me because that? that's what I fucking wanted. That's what that this was, was the one supposed, that was supposed to, to happen. And that's yep, what I fucking initially. wanted. You know, not this. I don't even know what this is. This is Robert Pattinson is not old enough to be a Batman that's that's fucking down on his luck. Like, I'm fucking tired of being Batman. Really? Fuck you. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> well, Trevor doesn't like uh, his, his negative outlook on life, and <laughs> he thinks it's one of the worst movies of the year. I thought it was one of the best movies of the year, so we're far apart on that one. Let's move on and talk about The Bubble, Judd Apatow's latest film that hit Netflix about uh, a comedic film about a struggling production company trying to make a horror film during the pandemic in a bubble. I found this to be really quite amusing, probably funnier than... I, I like The King of Staten Island, but before that, I didn't think Apatow yeah. was on a good run for quite a while, and this had a couple good chuckles in it. I, I giggled more than once. I thought Pedro Pascal was really good in this. Keegan-Michael Key um, was really good, and uh, once again, a little long. Apatow has that problem, and quite a bit um, long, David Duchovny. The thing about this was that I liked the, uh, I really liked more the goofiness of making a movie, the Ed Wood aspect to this. I'd agree, yeah. More than the pandemic stuff. I I agree 100%. I almost wanted to, for a lot of this movie, I would rather have watched the movie they're making. It was so ridiculous and looked like so much more fun. Um, But yeah, a lot of the the pandemic-based stuff, I just thought like, you're the guys calling for all this shit. Again, like you, you're the ones who are able to not have to actually live in the bubble. Like you're the fucking rich people. Like you're gonna pretend like that this was a big burden on you for like the lockdowns and stuff. I just thought that was that's not. None of that was successful, but the yeah, actual behind the scenes of the filmmaking I and loved the personalities that stuff, and I it thought was funny was great. and how yeah how all the actors kind of dealt with personal trauma and stuff and. Uh, um, 
you know, the divorce and all that kind of shit. Like I liked her husband was a fucking asshole and all that shit, living yes. in her house and everything. Yeah, that kind of shit's great. Um, I just don't. I, I just disagree that the at this point certain people are going to come forward like we're all the same. We live the same lives during lockdown. It's like uh, all right, you're the same people that were going to call for a lockdown again. Okay, we make the bubble. Thanks. Thanks, Judd Apatow, for being an insane human being during fucking COVID and then making a movie mocking it. <laughs> like, I just, <laughs> At I don't least he buy found it. inspiration like, somewhere. Uh, you know, there are certain people who just deserve a pop in the face, you know, when you see them. And Judd Apatow, I think, is one of them. But uh, uh, as far as funny goes, um, it's better, it's far better than the, um, the Meteor strike movie that they made um don't look up the don't look up don't look yeah, i thought this was way better yeah. than that by far and again for the reason you say like for the movie stuff i really liked the um the movie they were making i thought was ridiculous it's basically like a jurassic park like type movie but yeah. it's completely ridiculous and, they, and david duchovny rewriting the script to make it better and shit and he's really not you know <laughs> like like these people are so full of themselves uh, as far as like actors go they think they're like like great artists and stuff and they're fucking making like you know I, this must be vin diesel on the set of fucking fast and the furious right i mean honestly absolutely I mean, and I, you know that this kind of behavior must be somewhat standard because he mocks it so succinctly in this, you know, that the, the personality types and the archetypes. Uh, I love that she has the affair with the lead actor every, every time they do one of these sequels, right. you know, the, I mean, just the little touches like that were, were very good. It's kind of like, let's go to camp and make a movie uh, type movie. And, and mm-hmm. I like these. I, I always respond to this kind of stuff, whether it's uh, Ed Wood, like we had mentioned, or Badass, you know, the story of Marvin Peebles' movie. Uh, I just, I like these kind of movies. Matinee was another one kind of like that as well. So, but I guess mm-hmm. I did want to see the movie that they were making almost as much. But uh, amusing little diversion, I thought, for, for a Netflix movie. And I give it a pass and a recommend for what it is. All right, let's see what else we got on here. Oh, the last movie we have on our list this evening is The Lost City. Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock teamed up for a box office smash, really, in this COVID time. I saw this in theaters back in March, and I got to be honest, it had been the first time I had seen a movie in a theater that was fully (laughs) sold out. And what's what's weird about this movie is I felt that everybody wanted to laugh and by halfway through, there wasn't a whole lot to laugh at. And yeah. the, the Brad Pitt section of this movie is so f- much better than everything else happening <laughs> of it that when he leaves the movie, uh-huh. the energy of the movie lags. Is it me? I mean, he should have been no, the star you're of right. this movie. The, he, um, the, what they did to the, by removing the nuts from the Channing Tatum character uh, destroys the entire movie. I would agree. So with you. He's, when he, they, she's the alpha in the situation. It's not. A, it's not even that she's the alpha. That's the problem. It's just that he is so beta. He's like he's Zeta, right? And he's just so like useless and inept. And it's funny. It plays for laughs a couple times, but once you get that Brad Pitt character in here, you're like, oh, that that's what actually that's what we need, you know. And and when Brad Pitt's playing against um, uh, Sandra Bullock, there it, it still works. So it, it just it's like the the Channing Tatum nonsense is um, is unnecessary and you could fix that pretty easily by making him full of himself right he could think that yeah, he's good he could just be overly yeah. confident which he's not 
I was surprised about that because I figured his character would be that, but he was what much more sensitive. Would have played for way better laughs and would have worked. Yeah. I think would have been a better movie, honestly, because he would have been more um, uh, at odds with her. Well, particularly because that opening scene, you think that that's going to be the case, and then that gets exposed when he does, you know, when he she gets pulls the wig off at the press conference. Yeah. And then right away, that's he's the moment when his balls are butthurt. Lost. I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah, for the rest of the movie. Um, but didn't you think that the, the, there were some laughs in here, and Bullock still has, you know, a great screen personality, but I'm telling you, I kept thinking... This watching, I have nothing against Shane Tatum, um, but watching him do this was watching a boy do a man's job. When Brad Pitt was on screen, that seemed like yeah, and I think that was a character a thing. I, mean, I agree with you on that, and I think that's a character flaw in in the way they wrote this. I mean, I think Shane Tatum could have filled that role perfectly fine, but you're right, and and yeah, they wrote that they they wrote this movie all wrong, um, and that's that's on them. But uh, but you're right. There's a couple of funny moments in this. It's a big movie, so at least um, it's that. I could imagine if I saw this in theaters, it would have been funnier, you know, because because things tend to be, especially with a, a larger audience. Um, but in the end, I, this is forgettable. Ultimately, um, of if course anything, it is. It's unfortunate because Sandra Bullock, um, it. I, <laughs> She's getting older, <laughs> and I feel like roles like this. I, the fact that she is able to play this role. And Chan, how old is Shane Tame? How old is Sandra Bullock? I'm not going to name numbers here, but um, look that shit up. And this works. Yeah, and it that does. should really. That's fucking. That's something. I don't even know what that is. That is. That's a deal with the devil. <laughs> <laughs> She's still a bit right there. She's still a uh, wow. She yeah, looks she super young. Like now. yeah, wow. And you know she still has. Uh, uh, although in this movie she did I don't know if it's the character or what but she did it did look a little disinterested I felt like throughout a little bit of it you know we're like hmm is this the character that's disinterested in this but I felt like her maybe yeah yeah did, is there no you know there, yeah. there wasn't a huge amount of, if they of chemistry him, if between they the two of them made them more at odds with each other butting heads so to speak I mean they tried to do that but it's impossible to do that when you have a character who just Gives, he just is, gives he's in, in love with her the whole so time. Think. Yeah, it just kind of gives he, in. Just kind of like, I mean, it's nice that he wants to save her and everything, and you you give that motivation to him. Okay, but he's unable to do it, and he he like I don't know. There's a, with the Brad Pitt character, he kind of tries to to show him up at you know towards the end of that sequence stuff, especially great um, by fun. punching him and doing that. Yeah, and so it really starts. You see that really start working, and then once Brad Pitt's gone he kind of falls back to just not really being able to do anything again. Like he doesn't try um, as hard anymore like that. I think you hit the uh, nail on the head when you said he should have been the cowardly lion. You know, he should have been the overly confident, you know, moron that's just bumbling over to things. But he's in this, his character is very neutered. Um, It's almost like a, it's almost like a female novelist wrote this character. You, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like in one of those romance novels where he's not the he's not the big swinging dick in the room. He's this very neutered, lovable fucking person. But I mean, yeah. what's, what's funny is they're the only two people in the movie, so they have to be attracted to each other. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it, there's no other yeah, and that I didn't understand because she's so attracted to the Brad Pitt character and it's so different and the and that that contrast is so like readily seeable like when when they're right next to each other and and once Brad Pitt gets killed right so to speak 
we know. I won't ruin it for you. Uh, watch the whole movie. You'll find out what happens to him. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, um, once he's out of the picture and they, they take the car and they go, I, I kind of feel like, why would these two people like each other? Like, why would she go for him? She wouldn't. And it feels so forced. And at the end of the movie, when they're supposed to be together, it just doesn't It doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel right. That last scene on the beach is, is obviously a reshoot. That's an awful sequence on the beach. That literally the last shot of the movie is, well, he is just terrible. Doesn't, it doesn't feel like he wins her over, you know? No, she settles. Let's be honest here. Yeah. Um, and the supporting characters, I'm not sure what's going on with there. That character, the, the large woman who's... They don't Searching use for her. her. Friend. They, she's in there, and they're like, "There she nowhere. is." And she's like, wasting She's like, pops up every so often. I'm gonna take care of this, and then she really kind of doesn't. Doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Like and they don't use her. Oscar like she's there. Use her. Make it let her do something. You know. And Daniel Radcliffe as a villain is very unsuccessful in this film, and he's a good little actor. I don't know why <sighs> he doesn't <laughs> register we're at all. Him up this. at this point, speak volumes about. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> what he what he adds to the movie. Yeah, I agree. I mean, from <laughs> exactly. the I, when you first see him, you go, "Oh, Harry Potter," and you're like, mm, "All right." <laughs> that's that's yeah, about it, as much as that goes. But I've never had that problem in other movies. I, I've eaten Swiss Army Man or Guns Akimbo. He's you a know, great I, just, actor. I watch it. But yeah, but yeah. yes, this is a movie. This is a big Hollywood movie in, in my mind, anyways. And a big, big budget blockbuster Hollywood movie with stars and things. So I should be dazzled, right? I mean, literally, yeah, right? That's the idea, right? And so he doesn't do that. I mean, literally, he shows up. You go Harry Potter. And then fucking yeah, whatever you know. But the movie's kind of like that. Like the movie has that no, big kind of like. No, it should be stunt casted there. That should be a stunt casting piece. If uh, somebody should have played that role, you know, Daniel Craig or some, you know, what I mean, somebody of some sort of movie star kind of uh, stature. I guess I, I really think the writing could have just been a lot better. They could have really done more with these characters, um, and that probably would have. Um, they could have put him, pitted him against them a little bit better. Um, done something else. He really doesn't do much in the movie. Like he shows up, he kind of talks some shit. He tells her what's what, this and that, but she doesn't. I it's not, like they're not really. He's he's like trying to get this information out of her to 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 you know tell her what this what these what this shit means. Like translate this, and it's like not really important. Like he's not really pulling nails or anything to get her to do it. She's not. She doesn't know what the fuck she's doing really. But she kind of does, but not really. I, you know, like the whole movie's kind of like up in the air, like, man, whatever. <laughs> it's like not completed, you know? It's not nailed down it, well enough. It needed a harder edge, basically, is how I feel uh, overall. It needed some yeah. sort of harder edge, harder comedy, something to make it irreverent. Uh, I don't know. It just it was a little too cookie cutter all the way down the line. All right, let's talk about some tailors, teasers, all sorts of stuff that we've seen. Um, we'll do... I guess we'll do the three since we've only commonly seen the three. Let's nah, start off tell with the, Tell me what the, the Adam Sandler one is about. Adam, hey, this Adam, Adam Sandler, Sandler movie, Hustle. This is a Netflix the, looks like deal, he's a, right? I'm, like, I'm imagining. Netflix, but it's a, a serious performance where he is a coach of a basketball star, a rising basketball star. It's a hard edge trailer. It looks really good. This is a drama all the way through. Oh. Adam Sandler clearly is not the, the lead here. He looks like he is the co-star. Of this, it's a young Who's man's movie. Rob, it Rob, looks, Rob Schneider. No, it's it's no way. It's, this is not a comedy. This is a much more in the vein of something like Blue Chips or something like that. But he's not a Sorry. college. Uh, yeah, you gotta you gotta check out this trailer. It's actually a really good trailer. Are you um, are you saying is, Rob Schneider can't do drama? I no, Rob <laughs> Schneider can't dunk, and this motherfucker's dunking. <laughs> I, 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 that's what trampolines are for. 
I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that if Rob Schneider put David Spade on his shoulders, <laughs> David Spade still couldn't dunk. No, they couldn't. So yeah. <laughs> that would be, you know, these are not the droids you're looking for. Huh. Uh, hmm. But it, decent enough little teaser trailer. This comes out June 10th so on Netflix. Similar, um, I mean, the bat, the Ben Affleck uh, movie. Um, uh, what else? All the other sports yeah, kind of drama way- things. Is that the idea behind this? Like he's a well, you say he's not the main character though. Well, it didn't look like he's the main character in this, but it looks like he definitely has a struggle with something that's going to be paralleled with this young man's right. struggle. Hmm. You know, that's what I would imagine. It's from a, a a young upcoming director who made a movie called We Are the Animals uh, that's getting a lot of press at the Cannes and other areas lately. Uh, he's from Philadelphia, and this does center on the Philadelphia area and the, the street hoops out there. It looks like this is a, you know, like a white kid coming up in the in an urban neighborhood trying to mm-hmm. get some respect and join a, a league or a team of some sort. So not a lot was given away here, but pretty flashy little trailer so far. All right, next is Avatar 2, The Way of Water. And this is the sequel that's, what, 13 years in the making. Uh, yeah. And I just was underwhelmed by this trailer. I was... <laughs> I didn't know what's going on here. Why I was so underwhelmed I've, by it. I loved the first one. I wanted to be engulfed I've by heard this. So many people say after they've watched this trailer, they're less enthused about this movie than before they I watched the trailer. I don't know why that is. <laughs> Neither do I, because the trailer. Well, look, I I'm not I'm no huge fan of Avatar. I think it's an okay movie. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with it, but it is not as good as everyone makes it out to be. Um, and so when I saw this trailer, I think, yeah, all right, this looks like fucking Avatar. <laughs> There's some blue people <laughs> running around. Like I'm gonna get my I'm gonna get my worth out of this. Like all right, whatever. But everyone's like, it's not. It I don't like. It doesn't match my expectations. And I wonder, to fuck your expectations for an Avatar movie. <laughs> I don't know. When they people said it was going to be based in the ocean and what the advancement in technology was going to be, I didn't think it was going to look be. like 2009 still. Oh, bro. I, one thing. Did I text you that? Did I say, text that or whatever? But yeah, when I watched this, one thing that's, that's clearly obvious is how far technology and CGI technology has not been improved between now no, and a decade s- before. This looks like a fucking video game. It looks like it could have come out in 2010. Yeah, it is unbelievable. I mean, I'm blown away at how how bad the CGI looks for. I compare um, compare a movie, uh, you know, 2010 to a movie of 10 years earlier than that. CGI, it's fucking unreal. This looks the fucking same. Well, maybe we're gonna eat our words, and maybe this will be much better. And this is just a toned down version. Um, but I, I was very unimpressed with this and my enthusiasm is waned and I started thinking, oh man, there might be in deep shit if they're making already five of these. And What's the story you know, going to be? Of, I've always wondered like what, how will you continue with storyline on this that is makes that it? that the, mm. it, the older, the, the guy has a family now. It's about his offspring. Well, there's people in there. There's people with the blue people. Yeah. I noticed that as so well. So we're not this just doing like, avatars now. We're doing, we're actually there too. Which is weird. Yeah. Like, why? How is is this dude gonna live his life um, in an avatar? Right? Is that what? Is that basically what I'm learning here? Like, how how long is this company? How long are people gonna support this fucking endeavor? <laughs> like, this company's <laughs> just gonna pay for this dude to live as an avatar forever? I'm conf- a little confused. Well, he is a paraplegic, and he's allowed to run wild in the, the offspring there. But I don't know. This, like I said, very underwhelming. I was excited to see this trailer, um, and then it came out, and I thought, 
this is it is what you got for me after all this time and um underwhelmed yeah, to the this least. might be a huge i mean look at um wow, look how bad marvel's done in second uh, uh weekends Big and stuff lately um and i can only imagine for this and i don't and i'm not saying you know there's different reasons for the marvel stuff um obviously i don't think that's gonna be necessarily a reason for this dropping off i just don't think this is going to meet anyone's expectation. I don't let's see how it could because I don't even understand people's expectations for this movie. So I let alone how so how would it match it? Well, the box office expectations obviously sky high, and to bet against James Cameron <laughs> is very foolish. I mean, I've done that before. I didn't think the first Avatar trailer looked that great when I saw it, and then but this doesn't the have 3D going into like on its side. It doesn't have the amazement of the CGI stuff anymore. I mean, everything that you've that we've known was good that helped the first one is is just not is not here. It's not here. That's fair enough. So what I, what does that mean? This does just average. Does okay. Does this do better than Spider Man than the last Spider Man movie? Oh, if it doesn't do top ten of all time, it's a failure, right? Yeah, but I would only imagine. Well, <laughs> but we're talking about Avatar here. So what? What's a failure? Lower, lower top ten in my mind would be a fucking failure. This, this bitch better crack top five. That's the kind of pressure that Cameron has on him, even creating this. So it's almost a fool's errand in a lot of ways. I mean, good good luck following this up. I don't know why he didn't just move on to ter- fucking True Lies too. Yes, but instead we give God. it as a TV version. By the way, I saw that Make today. Eraser Reborn is out. Did you know that this was a thing? Eraser Reborn. There's a sequel, a directed DVD sequel. Uh, what are you fucking telling me? Eraser, reborn. Reborn. I'm typing this this is the, brand new. What the fuck? Yeah, I'll send you the link. DVD release date, June 7th. Well, pre order this fucking yeah. thing. Well, I'll send you is the this link. Is this bitch going to be streaming on something? Yeah, it's already streaming on something. Is it? <laughs> oh, well. Why? I don't mean illegal. I don't want anything either. to do with that, sir. I don't know what you're talking about. This is not. I'm talking about a screener link. I don't mean uh, Mr. FBI no, listening here. A screener link. No, no, no. no. Yeah. Um, um, we got, I think we have something in our, our uh, EG mail from the company. Um, Prey. Let's talk about Prey, the Hulu original. This is the, the Predator film that's being the Predator franchise. That apparently ripped off yeah. a fan film from a couple of years ago was the big hubbub. Yeah, that's and right, right. This teaser isn't bad, but it's only a minute long. I mean, I don't really I know. know what this is. I was a little. I thought this was. I actually think the teasers are really good. And I'm. I mean, when I see the three lights show up on the dude's head, I'm like, oh shit! Love it. You're gonna you're gonna get yeah. fucking killed. You're gonna, what are you doing? Watch out! Fucking like, like I'm already in it. So yeah, I think this is gonna be good. I, Dan Trachtenberg's fucking good. Let's just be honest. Dude's a good director. So give him something like the, like the Predator going after some people. I think he's going to turn um, nothing into something here, you know, and pretty easily. Which is what he did with – he did that with 10 Cloverfield hell Lane, yeah, he let's did. be honest. Yeah, hell yeah, he did. So, yeah, so I can't wait for this. And it feels like um, – um, to some degree, it feels like the Mel Gibson movie, but with Predator. What was that Mel Gibson? Yeah, it feels movie? like Apocalypto. Like, does it not feel like have that feeling? Like very yeah. raw and like like visceral and like fucking like people like this is it. Like people are gonna be down to the last fucking minute here of their fucking lives. Like just uh going for it with the Predator, you know, and that shit. Well, and that fucking shimmer, that telltale shimmer. <laughs> that telltale shimmer, as there's Archer a, says. That telltale shimmer, Lana. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is with these i got excited for the shane black one in 2018 and that was a total fucking Ugh, failure but this looks better in all levels 
I know, but that <laughs> one didn't have a bad trailer either, and I got excited. And so it just years of being disappointed at Predator films leads me to leave on probably this not feels like this. Like an idea, albeit maybe stolen. I don't know, but it does feel like an idea that's separate from the franchise. Like here's just yeah. here's an idea. Here, I got a predator. Fucking well, let's make a predator movie. There's a predator runs around, tries to kill people. Well, that sounds great. Instead of making a fucking movie where you're like, well, what's the predator mean? Do they come down? What kind of ship do they have? What do they have? Yeah, it's like nah, too much, too much fucking thought put into it. <laughs> I don't need a backstory yeah. for the fucking predator. You know. <laughs> He comes, well, I he comes, hints, he hunts. Let's I go. I don't need it fully fleshed out. I think Predator 2 did a great job of having hints of the backstory without, you know, delving headlong well, into it. that's what it. I mean. But that's what and, they do right nowadays. Like, now they're trying to, like, they try to create, like, a, like a fucking universe. Like, a, a cinematic universe, if you will. I don't know where I got that from. It just came to me. But they try to create that for <laughs> fucking everything now. And it's too much. I do not need backstory on every single fucking thing. Something should be left a mystery. Because it's good. You know, I like I like the Alien movies a lot, and you know I like what Ridley Scott did later with the other other Alien movies. <laughs> but it's too much backstory. You know, I don't even know the, all this stuff. I don't. Yeah, it's pretty. It, it, it's too dense, and things get lost in their own mythology, and then they start getting heavy-handed, and they just they get bogged down in that That's shit. That's a big Whereas problem. The first, uh, go ahead. First Predator is so clean. It's such clean yes. storytelling, visually, and, and efficiency, and, and that's what a lot of these ones have missed. And actually, the one that I liked was uh, Alien vs. Predator 2, the Requiem. That one's really I thought good. that was pretty efficient, and I, people hated on that no, one that for one's the most good. part. You liked that's it. That's probably the best um, Alien vs. Predator movie. I think, so. I think it's maybe one of the best sequels that they made. Uh, in, in general, to this franchise, yeah, and I, just, I don't yeah, mind I the first one. I like the first Alien vs Predator, but they do, they go into it a little too much. You know, I do, I'm not so interested in. I get the idea of it, and that's good enough. I don't, I don't know what else do I need to know about these things. You know, like why does it have to be more fleshed out than that? I am me, a person who lives here. What will I be scared of? Well, some alien thing showed up and tried to fuck with me. It'd be pretty fucking scary. I don't need to know its fucking origins and like where it comes from, what its family life was like, how fucking how its you know culture existed and all that stuff. It's just <laughs> what the fuck am I going to relate to with that? At that point, that's another character that I'm friends with now. I don't I don't understand what we're doing. You know, when we do that. Well, the jump the shark moment idea. in this whole franchise was when the, the female protagonist in Alien vs. Predator fought alongside the other Predator. Remember that? When she got tattooed and then she fought. I was like, oh, stop it already. This is just fucking ridiculous. So for them mm-hmm. to write this, and this is a franchise that has parallels to Aliens in a lot of ways. So to have a female protagonist is cool to have it, you know, back in the primitive era or the Native Americans. That That's an interesting spin on this all, but... Um, ultimately, I want, like you said, less. That's my hope. Less character development, more visceral action. That's my hope, and that you could do that with this. Like this idea is 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 perfect for that, um, and as well as showing just like how you can just uh, you can really make nothing uh, something out of nothing with this type of an idea with Native Americans living, so you'd show their lives and what they're what they have to go through day on day just to fucking survive, and now you're not to fight the predator. Well, who's more fucking adept? Like, who's more prepared to fight the fucking predator than these guys? You know? Yeah. And I'm curious exactly when this is set. If there are settlers or what's going on, if there's other people there. So, a lot of questions that are going to be left uh, 
to answer come August. I think it's at August 5th or August 17th. It's coming in August on a Hulu original for this Predator film called Prey. Next thing we got is She-Hulk, and that is the series that is coming to Disney Plus, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. I was not aware that this character in the comic book was a defense yes. attorney. Trevor turned me on to that. Not I mean, only a defense attorney, comic but book knowledge. Oh, hell yeah. Um, defended um, uh, superheroes and stuff in court. Yeah, which is kind of a cool angle to this show. I didn't know that was the deal. Um, in the, I, in the I comic book, she did that too, so yeah. I like that they had a lot of Eric Banner or Bruce Banner in here in in terms of Mark I Ruffalo's I hated it. interpretation. Of that I didn't mind I that. It's a, it's I thought passing, the ending it's a, it's was a, awful. It's a passing of the of the ball here. It's it's just really like this is such a it's such a cash in. It feels like with Bruce Banner showing up and doing all that stuff. It just feels like a oh no, guys, don't worry. This is definitely a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> we got the guy right here. Here's the Hulk. He's he's in it. He's right here. Don't well, worry about it. It's like, all Didn't right. you think that this felt more... To me, it reminded me a lot of 1990s reprogramming of these superhero things like Lois and Clark and things like that, where the female was put out in front and they minimized the, the male superhero aspect. I mean, I'm sure that Hulk with... Bruce Banner is probably only in the pilot is, or sparingly uh, throughout the series. It's kind of a mistake. I mean, it's called She-Hulk. Uh, the show should be about her. And you're right. When I watch this trailer, I just, I don't feel like the show's about her. Even though it, it, it is, it clearly is. But I don't get a sense of who she is, what she wants, what she's doing. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I don't think this is going to be a very good show. I, for As far as the the... Marvel shows have gone. They have extremely let me down. They've not been very good at all. So I'd be surprised if this is any good. And I don't have a lot of The interest. Marvel shows that I've seen have been wildly all over the place. I mean, I've only seen a couple episodes of each one, but yeah. um, for every Loki, you get a WandaVision. I mean, Loki's good, but people complain about Loki because it doesn't really... F- it redefines the character and all this kind of stuff. So it's like, eh, all right, I understand that. But out of all of them, Loki is easily the best show. But yeah, WandaVision's terrible. I mean, the Falcon and the Soldier was very uh, I didn't even mediocre. Finish it. Yeah, I, I haven't yeah. finished most of them. They're not very good, to be honest with you. They just they just aren't. They don't tell very compelling stories, and uh, they don't really do their characters uh, justice. Um, ugh. You know? Well, it's funny because the Netflix series got a lot of shit, and I think that the Daredevil and the Punisher over there. Um, we're amongst the best, the Marvel I stuff like still. I like the Daredevil um, stuff, yeah. Well, that, that was really good. Um, Punisher's good. Jessica Jones was good. The Netflix stuff, I think, in general. Even, um, uh, what's, his, what's his, his name? The the Fist guy. Luke Cage? Uh, well, even Luke uh, Cage Iron was Fist. pretty good. But the Iron Fist was good. And so was the Defenders, um, honestly. And, and so even the lesser stuff on Netflix that I did, would say I, I didn't enjoy as much as as some of the better stuff. It is better by a lot than any of the shit on Nef- on uh, Disney Plus, but She Hulk at least. There's no bait and switch with She Hulk, right? You're gonna you're gonna get She Hulk, I imagine. I hope. Um, I'd be surprised they do a bait and switch, and they've done a bait and switch on on a good majority of the rest of their of their shows, um, and taken other characters and made them into far more major characters than they should be. You know, like 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 major plot points resulting around other characters and 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 people 
Um, like Moon Knight, if you if you haven't seen Moon Knight, is just like Moon Knight's uh, rather rewritten uh, as far as character goes, but also just inept as a fucking superhero. Like it, like the girl <laughs> who's in it, who's also hey hey, she's a superhero too, of course. Well, she fucking kicks ass, and he's even in his in his kick ass form, eh, you know. So the bumbling fuck. Yeah. So I just I don't know why they keep doing this, but you can't do this with She-Hulk, right? Because she's already a girl. So how could the girl? How can you do a bait and switch here? Unless, unless this is really a Hulk show, and Mark Ruffalo well, is the it's main a Hulk character. Show, <laughs> then that's their way to get a Hulk movie off the ground. Maybe that's what they're going to do—a Planet Hulk or something know. like that. I mean, um, I, which, I don't know what she's doing. I don't know, I don't know do what this. It's going to be short-lived. I don't think this will be on for many seasons, but I don't think most uh, of the stuff present is, form. You know, to be honest with you, all, most of their stuff feels transitory. You know, it feels uh, um, whatever we can do to get on to the next thing, to the next point. Like, Marvel at this point is hanging by a thread, and they don't Dude, have anything long-lasting, I, in my opinion. This trailer, bro. true. This trailer felt like if you remove the fancy special effects, this could have been on ABC in 1990. 100%. This could be Ally McBeal. This is like coming to the ABC lineup tonight. You know, she's an I mean, attorney. Really? Well, she's, yeah. it's like the whole thing. I, I was, I was she like, looks oh, this like is Fiona from fun. Shrek. I, it's just ridiculous. She does look like Fiona. Ugh. I didn't want to say that either. I was trying oh, to be nice. Oh, there's a moment where it's just, I'm just like, oh my God. Like, you can't. I know. It, it, it crosses that uncanny valley of, of Fiona, Fiona from Shrek. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, I thought so too with the green and then the, the picking up of the, the sexual yeah. partner and the whole thing. I'll give it a shot. So. I, will, I will give it a shot, but that's all I'll give it. Uh, this is gonna, it's going to be a I doozy. Can't, I, there's, too much, there's too much stuff available, and I have to refuse to finish things that I don't like at this point. you got to allocate your time I have to. I have to... Yeah, I have to refuse to finish things I don't like. <laughs> that's correct, Yes. I, you have to do it right. You have to vote with your wallet, right? Or else they'll just keep making shit. So or with if I your just time. keep watching shit, they'll just keep making shit. So I have to stop watching shit. Um, so yeah, these viewer numbers, I think, for Moon, like Moon Knight, they know. Moon Knight apparently had one of the lowest season finale numbers. They didn't even post it. So of course, I stopped watching uh, it. Um, as I imagine, many people did because it got it continually got worse. You know, as they all do. I mean, Halo's gotten worse. Every, every all of this stuff is just. Um, sold to you as something else. What's well, bait and switch? There's another way to put it. It's not good. Yeah, that's why I'm curious what this uh, Obi Wan show is going to be on Memorial Day weekend. Bait and switch already been is, already been revealed as a bait and switch. Is it really? Yeah. Yep. Here we go again. Just like Masters of the Universe was, so you know, in, in cartoon form last year. Yep. It, it's actually almost exactly like that because they have a female. Um, uh, Sith person under Darth Vader who's going after Obi-Wan and it to me sounds like it's going to be her story her story yeah Yeah. it's the story we don't know yeah well that makes sense because that's at least a a new exploitable angle that they can work a couple seasons out of at least or fill this season up I don't see how I don't know why they keep doing that just make it Obi-Wan like I don't if there's no story there for Obi-Wan then do not make an Obi-Wan show it's fuck. it's that simple you know, make a, whoever this character is, make it her show. People, well, people, people will probably pilots, be fine with like. that. You know, like we watched Rogue One, that had a female lead, 
And quite honestly, that was one of the better fucking spin-off Star Wars yeah. fucking movies. But don't you think these are backdoor pilots in a way? I mean, that's what they used to do in these shows. They'd have, you know, main character, and then you'd have your secondary character come on, and you'd realize, oh, they're trying to push off a, a show with this person. No, but instead of they're having not doing the that. secondary show, um, it's I mean, just the main show now. Yes, I, I would agree with that, only because they're in this universe situation where any character can be the main character of any show. Right, because it's a universe, so anyone can oh, be spun off into their own fucking thing. Anyone, I mean, literally anyone, and it's a universe thing. So, I can have this show, and then I have a million characters. This is why we have eight hundred endings to everything, and every character gets their due diligence, right? Um, even though they don't fucking deserve it, <laughs> it's too much. It has been a a lot of shows lately that I. I started i mean we talked about a few on our last uh that we last podcast and just didn't even finish like uh boba fett and things like things that i was looking forward boba to Fett's and then terrible. got into and just uh and i was only watched about three episodes god awful well, and that is sucks that and sucks i didn't to say specifically that. stop watching do you know what the most enjoyable reboot i've watched off. lately yeah, is hmm. the kids in the hall is back on prime <laughs> yeah they this? made a big thing about i have not seen it yet but yeah they did say it's pretty good, and um, the, it centers around uh, the film Brain Candy. So if you've seen Brain Candy, this is it's the got new one. Are you watching the new one? The brand new yeah, one, okay. yeah. Uh, but if you if you know Brain Candy, the film from 1996, uh-huh. and the failure of that, it's kind of a running joke in this new series. So it's a little extra fun. Hmm. Um, so check that out. I would highly recommend that. That's interesting because they just they did a Netflix did the Wet Hot uh, Summer one. Um, yeah, the reboot uh, of that, the, the show. I think is what it's called. Yeah. Um, which I thought was really good, actually, as a reboot one. It was interesting. And it was kind of a similar thing, like the weirdness and um, and uh, how uh, the old one, how it plays into a sequel from the old one. I mean, it sounds like kind of a similar like idea. Yeah, it, it sounds like it's very similar to that. And it made me watch, go back and watch a, a couple episodes of the original season, too. Uh-huh. And um, these guys are just wacky and they're fun. And actually now going back and watching some of this shit, too, is you, you, I just it, hearing that theme song reminds me of watching Comedy Central in the early 90s when there wasn't a lot of programming on that channel. Uh-huh. And the, the graininess of the video, just the whole thing is it's kind of a yeah. I didn't realize Lauren Michael was behind it. You know, the producer of Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And it's a time capsule. I mean, in a lot those of ways. were uh, it's fun to go back. Yeah, for sure. I mean, those were VHS uh, uh, staples for a while, too. Yes, absolutely, yeah. But those were on Comedy Central almost all the fucking time. Uh-huh. That, like the A-list and all those weird, you know, the, when the soup was on and oh, God, I like three the or soup. four shows. <laughs> yeah. They need to bring bring Craig Kilborn back for that. Will, will you please? Or uh, even your boy, uh, what was his name? Greg Kinnear. Uh, Greg Kinnear. And, um, Is he retired? Where's Greg uh, Kinnear? I don't know what I love in him. Um, there's him. There was a guy with the um, the white streak in his hair. Who was that guy? Uh, I don't remember that guy. But that show fuck. was good. Every iter- actually, honestly, every iteration that I watched that show was great. I, I liked. For, I didn't even care who the host was. Yeah, I, somehow I liked it. It always worked. It was the first, like, when you hear a podcaster now do something as producers laughing off, you know, screen, is the first version of that. Because yeah. they would crack the fucking crew up all the time, and you knew that that shit was genuine. And it felt like some Wayne's World type thing, where, like, five guys were filming this in a basement somewhere, you know? But Yeah, um, it, it definitely had that feel. That was the feeling for, like, like when Conan 
uh, Conan O'Brien yep. first started. It was that feeling. First came like, out. It was like, uh, we're like, we're in our mom's fucking basement, like Wayne's World, right? Like, like this shouldn't yes, be on air. Exactly. And it was like, you're watching something special in a sense that uh, this just shouldn't exist, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and to, if you can maintain that vibe, uh, and some people felt like that with Letterman that were there from the beginning, you know, that watched it sure. in the early 80s. They said the same thing. So uh, if you can maintain that vibe it, when you get bigger is it, always the tricky thing. But um, The Soup was just a, just a fun show to watch. It always felt like an, an underground broadcast back in the day. So I, I always enjoyed that. And it showed you the just ridiculousness of daytime talk shows, which hasn't diminished even in 2022. <laughs> is Maury still on? I mean, is that still a show? You're the father. You're isn't not the father. Some, no, isn't shit. he quitting? I thought his show was canceled. Is he? Oh, good for him. I'm I, sure. It's... Someone was getting canceled. I think it was him. Oh, I think okay, finally well. he was coming to an end. He's only given out two hundred thousand pregnancy test <laughs> yeah, results right. in his career. <laughs> he's, he's, he rode it to the bitter end, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he really rode that fucker till the wheels fell off. I can't think of anyone else. Everyone else, I think, quit. Long Montel, before. Ricky Lake, all them, Sally Jesse. Yeah. There was a slew of those in the long 90s. Him. Yeah, even Ellen now, I guess, is, uh, is quitting. Oh, that's a different type of day talk, talk yeah. show. Yeah. It's like the Rosie O'Donnell type show say, back exactly. in the day. <laughs> all right, well, that's going to wrap up episode 377. We want to thank you guys for joining us on this episode. We talked about a lot, and if you didn't catch it all, you can check us out on MovieMavericks.com, on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you guys are listening to this. Please rate, review, and like the show. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. All those metrics help our algorithm and help us bring in you guys this show. Speaking for Trevor Anderson, I am Jason Rugard, and we are the Movie Mavericks. Oh my, another magnificent episode has come to an end. If you're craving more, set your destination to moviemavericks.com, warp 9. Engage! <laughs>